Hello, everyone, and welcome to the second episode of Tiger Triumph. I'm one of your co-hosts, Ryan Rosendale, and I'm joined again today by my second co-host, Will Perry. Yeah, thanks, Ryan. Good to be here again. And um, yeah, it's amazing to see the support that we got after last week's first episode. We just wanted to, met, to mention that off the top. We just want to thank everyone for the support that we received after launching episode one. Uh, it was great to, to see there was a bit of interest there to, to hear this great story of, uh, of Tassie footy. So uh, today we've got our very first special guest on the podcast and that man played a pretty instrumental role in the, f- in the foundations of this uh, kind of underdog rise that we've, we spoke about last week and that man is Dane Rocket Colbeck. Dane, pleasure to have you with us today, mate. Uh, thanks for having me on. Uh, I was obviously, uh, I felt a little bit um, honoured in the way that you spoke to me about me last week, so it, just, it was really nice. You could have just thrown me under the bus. No, Obviously, we, and we did know we were going to ask you on for episode two, so we thought you wouldn't come on if we threw you under the bus. So we thought we'd just better pump your tyres up a bit. <laughs> I like that you say people do people in the fact that I coach the team to win a game. Um, if yeah, if that didn't happen, then. The other part of it obviously didn't happen, so someone has to be the person that, that did that. So glad it was me, really. So <laughs> played your part, mate. It's all about yeah, playing no, a role. Definitely, definitely playing a part. So we got you on today just so we could kind of retrace the the beginnings of this this journey back in uh, twenty sixteen. So I guess your journey up at Hobart starts long before twenty sixteen. So can you just talk to Will and I about how you got up to Hobart uh, in twenty twelve? Uh, so I was moving down to teach at uh, Turner High School. So uh, I was chasing my permanency with the department, so I decided to move down to Hobart because I'd been offered a job. Um, also, I happened to be a young lady down there too, but um, <laughs> now my wife, so that worked out well. Um, but So I was moving down to Hobart, and uh, I'd been talking to Luke Sullivan, who then uh, talked to the coach, and the coach came and had a meeting with me in Launceston. Uh, so he was pretty keen for, for me to head to... The, the Tigers, and uh, that's what happened. Yep, so you played a uh, fair bit of footy, uh, senior footy and reserves footy? Uh, down here, yeah, mostly senior footy. I think I played the one um, one reserves game Jeez, under the great man roles. That's good stats. Um, so, yeah, probably not always having the biggest impact. Like, fitness wasn't a strength. <laughs> Especially after, I probably, I, when I first moved down, I was pretty fit, but then... That quickly dropped off, um, so I wouldn't be known for my fitness. <laughs> I wouldn't say, but yeah. So, um, but definitely enjoyed my my time playing for the Tigers. You bring up the fitness side of things, but there was probably an, another aspect in in terms of your your playing days up at Hobart was the injuries that probably got a hold of you in the end. Yeah, I just run on injuries and not really probably rehabbing very well, and you kind of come back half done and then get injured again and kind of yeah things that escalated quickly and uh yeah just um one too many injuries in the end so yeah so the injuries pile up so when does the uh <laughs> sorry for that rockets just just stretching his legs on yeah, a, on a brisk, table sorry brisk sunday morning so the injuries pile up so when does the coaching side of things start to take shape uh so i think it was 2014 that might be right uh 2014 so we moved to the sfl Halfway through the year, I dislocated my ankle, um, and it worked out that I needed to have both ankles recode. So I ended up having a conversation. I think it was Duncan with um, with Russell Young, just about coaching the under 16s. So the the club at that time was looking to get under 16s, under 18s happening. Um, I think well, it was uh, 
Youngy and myself, Youngy is in Jade Young. Um, I was supposed to be doing 16s, so he was supposed to be doing 18s. And we didn't get enough players for 18s, so we ended up with the 16s team, which I took on board, having a bit more time due to having, yeah, a couple of Ricos over the summer. How did that side go? Um, they went okay. So I think um, we almost finished second last. We got a couple of wins. One was uh, through a forfeit, which... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> They're always good. You'll yeah, which is <laughs> always good. So we kind of finished 2015 with that group and um, maybe kept seven or eight players to roll into 2016. Um, but yeah, that's kind of where the start of the the under-18s in 2016 came from. Yeah, so we, we are, we're there at the moment in start of 2016, maybe back in 2015. How did, do you, does that, is there a conversation between you and the footy club to say, do you want to go on and coach the under-18s next year or is that something that you'd already thought in your head might happen? Like how does that aspect of it all come together? Uh, I think, I actually can't remember. That's always good, isn't it? Um, so I just think it was just a bit of continuity. And um, so and, and it probably would have came about too because my last injury that I had was the tearing my hamstring off the bone, uh, which was heaps of fun. And that was the end of the last season, of last game of 2015. And it was just a, a, a thing to be around the club and, and, and those things. So I just wanted to st- still be involved. So... Potentially it came from that, but a bit of continuity for the players too, just staying around and and trying to build upon what we we kind of started uh, in 2015, knowing that there hadn't been an under-16 team for a long time and then there hadn't been an under-18 t- team for maybe 10 years. Yeah, because that was the point where I think the previous two years was when we'd rejoined the SFL yep. after exiting the TSL. Yeah. And we'd, ha- we'd managed to put a reserve side and a senior side on the park, but hadn't been able to field an under-18 side. So that side's put together... Obviously, by guys you'd coached in the under 16s, but a lot of kids from school and things like that. Yeah, so um, I think we're getting pretty close to the start of the season, and we're pretty short. So we we would have had maybe about 13 or 14 players. So obviously, you're starting to get a little bit nervous going into the season with with not a full squad. Um, and then it was just talking to the boys around. Look, we really want this to happen. We want to make sure that you've got um, somewhere to play for for 20. 2016 bring your mates along let's just make sure that we've got a team and then we'll go from there yep so that side gets put together and uh early early days probably the first five rounds things weren't as well as will and i spoke about last week things weren't looking looking great on the scoreboard no no they they, they weren't i think um round one we copped a fair walloping um so and it was one of those things where we had a lot of people that hadn't played a lot of footy so um a lot of the kids we're from other backgrounds. Um, our ruckman had played basketball, never played footy before. So there was a lot of things around teaching him how to tap and, and kick a footy. Um, and there was a lot of other blokes that might have played soccer or whatever and had different sports backgrounds. So they, they were athletic and had ability, but they didn't have a lot of experience with footy. So it's all those things. Where do you run? What are you looking for? How do you kick a football? Um, yeah, all those basics, I guess. So... Round one, we cop a walloping, which is, you're like, okay, these guys have been training together for a couple of weeks. Round two was a bit of a close game. Was Ten points. Yeah, yeah, so we felt pretty good about that. Um, so it was, yeah, ten-point loss. Um, and we lost one of our better players halfway through the game. Zaynord managed to run into an elbow when he was tucking someone. And his eyelid was hanging down and... Um, yeah, so he went off and you probably feel like him going off 
had a bit of an impact on the result, especially losing that pressure through the middle and into the forward line. So I guess that was one we kind of walked away from that going, oh, potentially could have won that. Don't feel too bad about that loss. Yeah, so the morale was high after round two. (laughs) So the morale was high after round two, as you say, but uh, round three hits, you play dodges, as we spoke about last week. Uh, That's another big loss, 129 to 24. Uh, and I think you had a buy in round four, and then round five was probably I think your biggest loss for the season against Clem on 167 to two. So how does the morale? We're probably like I don't know midway through, not probably not midway, but you know first early part of that season. How's the morale within the guys considering you haven't gotten close bar round two, and a lot of the kids haven't played footy before? Is that hard as a coach for you to be able to keep morale up and and just teach them the fundamentals while the scoreboard isn't looking great? Yeah, I think we kind of started to talk a lot about individual development. So trying to do those things that were going to help people. So skills was our biggest issue. We turned the ball over a lot. Um, And then it was obviously ball movement. So trying to teach game plan and those things and and working on things in the middle with your your midfield group. And um, yeah, I guess it was a lot of times just instead of thinking about the whole group and, and that kind of thing, it was individual stuff like what... What do we want each player to kind of work on and, and develop and how do we how do we work on these things at training and, and those things. So you're trying to get them used to the structure of probably what you want them to do as they get older anyway into a senior footy team, like getting their touch work in, as many touches as they can during training, then thinking about their ball movement and all those things. Yeah, and I'm considering the end result on the scoreboard probably wasn't a main focus. As you say, it was more about development through these kids at this young age. Yeah, definitely. So we, we kind of... I guess flipping into the second half of the season, our goal was to lose by less than what we had before. Like you wanted to make an improvement, knowing that we and and then looking at the games that we might win. So New Norfolk was a team that we thought we could would have a chance against, and and Huonville was the other team that we felt like we had a, a chance against. So I guess there was. It kind of sounds bad, but we're we're looking at. Um, a few barriers against us in terms of size. Like we were very young. Most of the boys were seventeen. Uh, Jamie Woolley was playing then. I think he was only fifteen. Yeah. So they're all very young. Not there's not a lot of big bodies. Um, then people playing out of positions and all those things. So it was one of those things that you kind of just trying to work on individual improvement and thinking about well, what's our goal for each game going into it? What do we expect? And um, in the second half of the season, we we didn't want to lose by 100 points and we wanted to do better than we did last time. So that was kind of kind of some of the goals. I think it's a pretty good point that you make, like regardless of ability levels and those sorts of things. Like at under-18s level, your size and just your age as an under-18s player can make a massive impact on like how the side goes. Like we were speaking pre-podcast about the team that I had the following year and like we'll touch on it but um I sort of thought other than just us having like a few more players that could actually play like reasonably with footy we had also on our side a lot of guys that were all top age kids which like previously we probably never had and we had guys that were actually overages as well which again we wouldn't have ever had and like a lot of the other sides that we do or that we did play against in the previous year like all had them like they've had guys that are playing that have been playing 18s for like three years and stuff like that where we had kids that could play 18s for like another three years because they're that young. So, yeah, like regardless of ability levels, and it's a good point that you make, like 
we had just a really young side as well, as well as an experience, like just being young and small and like you can change so much in just your size and stuff from 16 to 17, 18. And then, as I say, we had a couple of guys that were 19 as well. So like that in an under-18s comp is like pretty, pretty massive. Yeah, and I think from memory, so Claremont definitely had overage players. Yeah. I think Brighton had the limit. I think it might have been four, four to six that they had. Dodgers were uh, pretty big. So they would have players that were kind of my size and and that were not that far off being ready to play some senior footy. Like so, that there were some solid units around there, and, and I guess there were aspects as well. We, we've talked about this before. Isaac yeah. Overton played yeah. full back in, <laughs> in, in that team, and um, he was he was aggressive, um, hard at the footy, and knew how to play that role. And he played a year in the back line, whereas in under 16s he played full forward. And mm. he played in the forward line for you as well. So mm. we were playing people out of position, just trying to build up that spine. Yeah. Um, and I guess the other thing that kind of went slightly pear shaped for us is is just we have injuries to that spine, and then to some of our key midfielders, and it just made it very hard to kind of um, have consistency with the group in positions. Yeah, if the depth if the depth isn't there, sorry, I sort of cut you off there. If the depth's not there, like as soon as you have one injury, the spine's out of whack. Yeah, yeah. So I think um, Tom Farnham, the voice. The voice, Went yes. down <laughs> very early. I think he broke his nose. And then it just meant like you're shuffling players down. I think Trey then was playing centre-half center half back. And so you've kind of got your decent players who you want Trey to lead up at the ball and be there to present. He's one of the bigger players that was on the team and he's now playing in your back line because yeah. you need someone to play on that. So it was kind of, at times, it would have seen that we're playing very defensively, but at the same time trying to get the boys to understand how we move the ball out of the back line and, and how we want to move it out of the, out of the midfield. And So, we, yeah, I guess the, the thing that they're just the few barriers that we had and not making excuses. Because at the end of the day, we're getting demolished. But, um, yeah, I guess just working on those individual things for each player and, and just thinking, okay, this week, yeah, we might be up against it, but here's what we're going to work on. Here's what we're going to improve and um, just try to move forward with the group and keep everyone up and about. Yeah, I guess you talk about it, and we probably touched on it previously, just because that team had come from basically nowhere. The, the fact that you're able to put the, part, the team on the park each week, a lot of a lot of coaches probably wouldn't look at things like, oh, we're, we're going to try and limit the score to under 100 each week as an improvement. But the fact that you're able to kind of drill into the guys that it's not a, it's not going to be about, you know, if we can win this game of footy, it's going to be about how can we improve as a collective, as a team, and also how can you as an individual be better than you were the, the previous week. Yeah, definitely. And, and just... I guess you're giving them the experience and I guess hopefully that then helped you next year with some of those skills and, and things like that and just knowing where to move the footy and 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 where to, where to be positionally with your player and, and all those things I guess that you talk about that you, you would expect that people would have by the time they get to under, 80, under 18 footy and I guess we, it's just a weird kind of eclectic group of kids that come together and they were there because they wanted to be playing sport with their mates and and I guess um that was that's what it, that's what it ended up being about like as a very social they had a laugh a lot of jokes but at the same time like they they did take it seriously 
um, and they did work hard. And, and, and I guess we we're lucky when we got to to winter time. Our numbers obviously dropped when it gets cold, and <laughs> as they, for, I think they do for every team. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and we're lucky, like the um, the big, pigskin warriors. <laughs> We're uh, we're up at train like and that that help us out like we'll train with them sometimes to give us those extra numbers and the masters guys aren't they yeah yeah um so and and just all that support around the club kind of helps like um oh, the the Crips family uh, Russell Young Brian and Carl just a fair bit of support there like and and encouragement. I know a lot of the senior players talking to the younger boys too. Like all those things help to kind of keep people around, and and we're just lucky that on that flip side, things weren't probably going as well on the scoreboard. But um, I think the the, th- the things about a, cl- a footy club that you've got all those that support, all those people giving that extra time, going above and beyond, um, and it, it's those things that kind of build the kids up, and like they come off the ground, and someone's done something fantastic they've gone through a pack and I don't know demolished the ball and kicked a goal whatever and after the game someone's like oh that was so good like they're the things I guess that keep the kids coming back that bits of encouragement from around around the club that's not necessarily just coming from us yeah and I guess it's probably the same at every footy club throughout the country but as the three of us know from from playing footy up at Hobart this club is a great place to, I guess, grow up in some respects. I started playing here when I think I was in under-14s. Obviously, Pez, you didn't do that. Um, but obviously, you were here since when you moved back from Victoria. So you kind of mm. came back and you, you were inundated and you had a lot of mates up here. So you, you kind of were just felt the love straight away. And obviously, Dane, yourself, you moved here from you know another part of the state. And I'm guessing just for all three of us, I can probably speak for all three of us in the fact that just the amount of love and support that you receive when you get up here is probably a reason why a lot of a lot of people stay up here. I know all three of us aren't really involved at the footy club in a great deal anymore, but the fact that we're still up here, we still talk about the Hobart footy club, hopefully when the footy comes back in a, in a couple of months, a couple of weeks, we'll be up watching games again. Yeah, 25th of July. 25th of July, get up, said, the, he, yeah. get up the TCA yeah, uh, against yeah. Lindisfarne. I think, I think this footy club's a great place to just to grow up and be surrounded by love and support from everyone. And I'm guessing that was a main reason why the team was able to – you got you as a coach and obviously Will in the back end of that year, you guys were able to field a team each week. Yeah, it's just – I think that it is that. Like, it's a good environment, um, the great people. And, like, I don't know, walk into the club and you, and you see, like, a cow-up church or um, one of the munting family behind the, the bar or, like, um, Josh or Paul and – Smile, have a yarn, and Jake's usually on the other side of the bar. Yeah, he's not. He's not behind it. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but yeah, so it's, you have a have a yarn, and and um, yeah, it's just it's, yeah, nice people. It's just a great place to, yeah, to come is. to. Yeah, it is, a, it is a good place. So we've we've touched on it last week, but because we've got you on, Rock, we want to go into a bit more detail now. And this is probably a conversation that you and Will can have together. How does that come about? That we spoke last week that Will had been playing footy up here. Uh, he had a few concussions, so his playing days were, were cut short. Um, how does the transition become where Will joins, jumps on with you to be in a non-official assistant coaching capacity? How does that come about? Um, so going back to the support, like it would, I can't remember, which is good, isn't it? You've invited me yeah. onto a podcast and my memory's not 100% Well, clear. that's fine because I can't 100% remember either. Um, you go. <laughs> Russell Young would know. Um, yeah, he would remember. 
but uh, as, as I said, the club's really good at supporting people and, and they want people to be involved. And I guess how I got into the coaching side of things, so they, they want you to stay around and, and keep you involved in the club and keep you motivated and around. And it would have been the same thing for, for Pez. And um, I can just remember the conversation I could, and then us having a conversation after it. Yeah. Because um, I'd found it, I guess... From my perspective, found it hard because of the time that we were training. We were training it from five to six before the reserves and the and the seniors, um, and I was working in Huonville. So like, if I hadn't, if I didn't leave at the right time, or if the traffic wasn't right, I'd sometimes you don't get there till quarter past or yeah, yeah sometimes yeah. Uh, twenty past five, and it made, made it a bit tricky. So I had a few people uh, looking after me, like Hendo and Hux and uh, Jimmy McGee, Sean Gray few guys helping out, knowing sometimes I was going to be late so I could let someone know. But then Pez getting involved, it just kind of helped help that as well, that I didn't have to worry about sometimes the traffic, things that you can't control, I guess, and, and meaning that I didn't have to leave 100% at the dot um, and kind of having some things set up that the boys knew the first bit was going to be skill-related anyway before we started to talk about ball movement and those things. So they could kind of be doing that, walk on, use the time that I had while I was there effectively and then um, get ready for the for the week coming up. And yeah, like I, like I sort of touched on in episode one, basically for me it was just about um, staying up at the footy club and having something positive and productive to do while I was up here because I just wanted to stay around and involved because I still had all the mates that I'd played with the previous year. And um, yeah, to be able to get involved with you and with the Colts... Um, was obviously really beneficial for me and um yeah like I sort of touched on in episode one again it was just a big learning opportunity and um yeah I was certainly looking forward to take it with both hands so what's the dynamic like when Will jumps on between you guys had you had you had an assistant coach for the first part of the year or uh, I didn't have an assistant coach but you kind of had like sometimes boys would come and sit on the bench and all you had um Geese was Geese was a runner and he would kind of talk to you a bit and I guess it was kind of He's obviously not always there because you're running messages and things yeah. like that. But um, yeah, I guess it was it was good having Pez on board just to have that extra um, brain thinking about the game because you could have someone thinking about a certain part of the game like you would in like a senior team. So you'd have your forward line, back line, midfield, and you could have someone else thinking about that while you're looking at another part or thinking about the big picture. So it was just being able to get some extra information so you can kind of make better decisions. And I think. Um, it never hurts to have more information, so it was good just fr- from that Pez perspective. And, and Pez's manner's really good, so um, I'm not one to yell and scream too much. But like Pez is similar, like calm-headed. Obviously, has passion for the game, as we all do. But it's um, it's just that being able to get the information, and then you can go, okay, so they're doing this, we're going to stop it by doing this, or we want to try to do this to limit this, and and it's just it does make your life so much easier when you've got another set of eyes on the game. Yeah. And also like something that I sort of picked up on when I, when I was on my own the year after you sort of sometimes catch yourself watching the game and then like two minutes has gone past and you actually haven't done anything and you've got caught being a spectator. So I suppose there's a little bit of that in terms of having an assistant, um, you know, to see things that you might not be seeing because you're sort of you're focused on other parts of the game or you're stuck you might have been ball watching, if yeah. we want to call it that, because you're watching what's going on but you haven't necessarily 
made any changes or made any decisions on anything. Yeah, you didn't start the timer on your phone and now yeah. you're so yeah. how, how, how long gone? have we gone? Yeah, yeah exactly. Uh, oh, oops, that's 20 minutes and I haven't made a rotation. Yes. He's now yes. fried and, yeah. Yes. So there's all those things that makes it so much easier when you've got someone else there just to help you out with little things like that. Um, yeah, just timing, making sure rotations are happening. All those things, just so you like it, just take it's a little bit of your brain power that you're not using, so yeah, it's pretty handy. So, you guys probably spend, I'm guessing, maybe like anywhere from 10 to 12 games together as a, as a coaching team. Yeah, probably question for Pez Did you learn anything off Rocket that you took into the following season? <laughs> I see you there giggling. Yeah, of course, I did. <laughs> of course, I did. Um, how not to lose by 100 points? <laughs> 101. I suppose the biggest one, and like, um, especially in that group, how to create training programs or schedules or whatever you want to call it training nights so that it's i I use this pre-podcast interesting as the word but it's probably not right but you know vocabulary whatever (laughs) um (laughs) when you say it like that interesting interesting it it, it sounds like it's a bad thing but yeah (laughs) try to make variety is engaging probably the right word we'll use that engaging enough for (laughs) your top end to bottom end players in terms of training enough for them to get through a session and enjoy it and that was something that I found like really interesting watching you go about it in a team that has as we've spoken about a lot of guys there that have basically haven't played much footy at all to no footy and then some guys that have played a lot of footy like all the way from under 12s or something like that so to keep sessions engaging enough to you know look after your top end and make sure they're getting in enough work and then all the way through to your bottom end guys that really just need to focus on kicking and catching the thing. Um, yeah, it was really big for me. And then just talking to the players and staying positive and, you know, positive in a team that obviously scoreboard pressure wasn't quite there. Um, yeah, it was massive for me. So 2016 ends. Uh, and can you just walk us through, Rocket, I guess, how you depart that coaching position? Do you come to the club or and say, I'm not up? Not I can't go on next year, or does the club come to you? Like, how does that aspect come about? Yeah, I think it's just a few things. Like, from a personal perspective, I found uh, 2016 pretty frustrating because in my brain, I still wanted to play, but my body wasn't there anymore. So, um, Had you played any footy that year while you were coaching? No. 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 So, like, the string was pretty, it was pretty heavy injury, and, and like, it's kind of really the the running side of things, the repetitive running. Uh, it's really hard to get up for. Um, and and just where you kind of at that aspect, like uh, you're starting to, to weigh up the things like if I continue and I keep on getting some of these big injuries, like in, in the 12 months having two re- ankle recos and my hamstring reattached, like that's a lot on the body and, and on the brain to recover for. So to recover from. So like I was pretty frustrated because I, I would... I'd still love to be out there kicking the footy. Um, and age-wise, I was 28, so I wasn't... Still a young pup. Yet. <laughs> <laughs> so it's still like you kind of... Well, they talk about that kind of being in footy terms. That's when Your AFL pe- players are at their peak. Yep. I, wouldn't, I wouldn't say I was at my <laughs> pinnacle of fitness or anything <laughs> like that, but I could kick a football. Um, so, yeah, and it was just that frustration side, and I guess trying to get some work-life balance. So... You, you kind of going and I guess my job was uh, looking after a grade group and you're going from dealing with tricky kids to then trying to mo- motivate kids at night to play a game of footy 
and then you're spending your Saturday doing that. Um, and it's a lot of, a lot of uh, I guess you're giving it a fair bit, but also at the time, Mads was working at nights and I was, when I was giving away that Saturday, that was half our time together. So it was kind of weighing up those things, knowing that in 2017 I was getting married and, and those things. So um, just trying to get a bit of balance and uh, it was just that I just needed some time away from footy. So having a chat with Russell uh, and around the club just saying, I don't think it's a good idea for me to keep going. Uh, it would be good for me to have some time off and, and just recuperate and, yeah, so. Yep, so Will and I spoke last week. Is there, obviously Will talked about how he went for the position and he spoke about, um, obviously, the, the day when he came, he said he got the phone call and he came out of the club and he got, got given, the, I guess, the keys, keys to, the, to the team. Uh, was there a conversation post Will getting appointed between you guys uh, that you got either running you can remember kind of a, a transition period at all? Uh, I remember there was a bit of a meeting um, up at mm. the TCA, and I think at that time they decided, but they wanted to sit down and have that chat. So for some reason I was there, <laughs> which is interesting. I can't remember why. Russell or, or Becky would have asked me to be there, so got along and do, do as you're told, I guess, and. Um, yeah, but I guess at the time, needing that the team needed some energy and it needed someone to give it a bit of time and and those things and, and I guess um, like remembering remembering the coaches I've had. Um, my favourite year of footy that I had was when I was at South Thorny and one of the senior players did his knee and he kind of took over as the top job and he used to give us individualised goals for every week and because he had the time to do it. It was fantastic. So you'd just go there and you're like, okay, today I want you to have this many run to receives or whatever. And it was really motivating. So knowing that I didn't have the time and someone else might have had the time, I think that kind of was one of those things that the team needed. Obviously, it was something that I touched on a bit in episode one in that the comparison to myself and you would be that I had a lot of time that year because like I wasn't working and I wasn't really doing anything. So it was... Um, yeah, it was definitely something I wanted to um, put my hand up for because I knew I was going to have the time to do it, like you say. And um, obviously, like, wanted to stay involved in footy. Um, playing wasn't something that I was really looking to do that year and um, sort of sparked a bit of a passion for coaching that I didn't really have until I sort of got involved with you the previous year. So, no, it was um, it was really good. And, yeah, like you say, I came in and it was pretty sure it was you... Becky, the great man Russ, and I want to say, I want to say Cal was there as well, but that could be wrong. I feel like he was though. I think I think he was. Cause I think uh, at the time, now president, uh, I think he was uh, in charge of operations. Yeah. 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 So that makes sense. Yeah. So <laughs> yeah, and it was basically just like a quick chat to say you've got it. Um, and then we just had, yeah, a bit of a chinwag, congrats, all that stuff. So is there any, before we touch more on 2017, uh, is there any fond memories that either of you guys have from that, you know, 12, 10, 12 games where you coach together? Is there any, anything that sticks out in your head? But I'm guessing probably not because your memory hasn't been great so far. No, it hasn't, <laughs> hasn't. Um, I, I guess we kind of worked up as uh, a game against Hillville was our grand final. 
Yeah. We, we did talk about that for probably three or four weeks. Like, this is our grand final. We're going to get through these games. We want to make sure that we're playing as consistent, consistently as possible. We're going to try to do these things, and then this will set us up for Huonville, basically. Um, unfortunately, Huonville didn't get the memo. <laughs> and... Um, <laughs> They had decided some, to not let us win. <laughs> well, they had some some of their better players back in, so um, I think the War Twins that were playing that day, and they're pretty good. Yeah. Um, so and yeah, they de- they definitely hurt us. And again, like I felt like there are a lot of games where, and particularly these ones against Humanville, where we're thereabouts. But like I spoke about earlier, just. Ended up being, a lot of the time, the size and just our age gap and demographic that we had just wasn't quite there against some of the other teams. Like, Humanville had some man-childs down there, and we just really didn't have any of them, which, and I don't mean, I'm not saying that you need to have them, but it does help at under-18s level, like, even just intimidation-wise. Yeah, I think experiences as well, like... Yeah. Like, I just felt like we ended up getting out a little bit outworked and outmuscled in the end because we just had kids that were like 15 and 16 and could be playing under 16 still. Yeah, definitely. And it's just, it's it's skills, it's it's just that knowledge of the game and where to move and where to look and where to run and where to where to stand when you don't have the footy and, and all those things. And um, yeah, it makes it hard when you're going up against players that really, they've they've lived and breathed footy, they've been playing yeah. things under nines or Auskick yep. or, or whatever it is and... And I guess that's one of the things that, from the club perspective, that's what they were trying to do, is trying to build up that under-16s, under-18s, so that then you're building in your senior players and you're not, as a club and as an identity, you're not bringing in as many players um, from other places because that's, I guess, really important in terms of of all those things that we talk about Hobart. Like, it's such a, a warm place. You come up here, smiles, all, the, all those things. Everyone's always happy to see you. Um, just trying to get some of that continuity and, and build those players up from the from the juniors. Well, that's always been probably one of the major hurdles that the clubs face because of their location in terms of, I guess, they're pretty central in the city and you've got clubs like North Hobart, Sandy Bay uh, around them. Whereas if you've got kids that live in Claremont, live in Huonville, live in Signet, for, for instance, those kids grow up playing footy at that club as a junior and they work up to that senior part. Yeah. So when you've got kids that come up to Hobart and they play underage footy here, it can quite easily turn to be, oh, I'll go play my footy at North Hobart because they're down the road, or I'll go play my footy at Clarence because they're only over, over, the, over the bridge a five-minute drive. So I feel like the location's always been a tough thing in terms of trying to get that build-up from maybe under 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, 18s, and then build all those kids up. You've had them for that eight, ten-year period, and then you get them to be your senior, your senior side. Yeah, and I think it's where where are your mates playing, and if your mates are playing at North Hobart, and where would you go? You go where your mates are, and and that's a that's a, the other aspect of footy, isn't it? Like you kind of like even myself moving to Hobart, I came to Hobart because I knew Sully. So, and and that's how these things kind of crumble sometimes. You you go and play footy with people you know who you get along with, um, because if if you're not successful. If the team's not successful, then you're playing with your mates. Yeah. And there's that that aspect of it. You touch on that, and Will and I spoke about it last week, the fact that, obviously, you can probably touch more on it, Will, now, the fact that you talk about the not successful part. 
but there, I think there was like 14 or 15 guys that stayed up here in the year that you guys didn't have a great run that stayed with Will. So the ability, I guess, of the Hobart Footy Club to keep those kids and for Will, and I'm guessing maybe you talked to a few of them before you left, was that hard to keep those kids to stay the following year? Well, I think it has, like, I credit the boys more than my yeah, same. involvement. Because we wouldn't have had a team if it wasn't for the boys saying, oh, at, at, a lot of them are Newtown High boys, going to the school and saying, hey, come on, let's kick a footy um, and doing that. And I think a lot of them end up at kind of EC as well. So that's where the team kind of build up from. And then I guess they enjoyed themselves, even though they might have copped the odd drumming. But there's some really good... Uh, really good people within that team um your Jaden Marshalls Trey Ramry too like really nice kids uh J- Jamie Woolley's obviously a legend as well like you're building up around the, these kids that people get along with they're easy to like yeah um, and then they want to stay and play footy with them yeah for sure um and like for us to keep and this is just like ballpark figure the 14 or 15 odd we had games where we played with 16 or 17. So you've basically got all of them. So literally, we lost two or three. Yeah. So it's pretty massive. Our, our list kind of changed a fair bit from game to game at times. And just in terms of availability. and Yeah. I think um, depends on, yeah, if kids could get there or not. And I spent a lot of time kind of driving, picking kids up, taking the footy. And, and the same with the under-16 year. And... and uh, same with geese, actually. <laughs> See all the kids. Well, geese turns up. Oh, we've got a team now. Like seven kids roll out of the back of the car. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. So, um, they're, they're, they're uh. the kind of things, I guess, that happen that that make you get a team on a park. Like I think maybe uh, later in the season we played down um, all the way deep down south against Signet. Was it Commandy? Yeah, Commandy yeah. Oval. Thank you. I was actually struggling to think about the I think that geographical was, location. I think that was classified as halfway, us getting to go to Commandy. Don't know how. No, but... Yeah, so... <laughs> You'll meet you halfway. Yeah, it's a fair drive. <laughs> yeah. Um, when you play at 10. Yeah, when you when you play at 10, and, and some of the boys are living... I was living at Sandy Bay at the time, um, and driving towards Moona, Glenorchy, picking up kids. To go back out. To go all the yeah. way back down to kind of Jeefson way and then turn around and come back. It's a, it's a, lo- a very long day. Um, it's an early start. It's not really my strength either. So, um, yeah, it's a credit to the kids to get up and, and get going and, and moving along. And I know, if, I think when we did play down there, a few, a few of the boys got lost. I think they might have went to Signet when we were supposed to play at Commandy. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, briefly, I just want to talk about uh, 2017. Are you shocked when you when you see that round run result that Will and I spoke about last week? I'm guessing were you at the game or did you just see it online or? Yeah, so I was just following along. Um, I think Josh Munting got really excited about doing a Facebook post, didn't he? Um, so you're kind of following that and, and you're seeing what is happening around the club in the and, and I I still had mates that were playing in 20, 2017. So you've got. Um, Obviously got an interest there in terms of wanting to follow and seeing how your mates are going and still chatting to blokes, um, but keeping an eye on what's going on there. So I guess you, you feel good for the for the boys after having that year where we didn't get any success at all and it was a hard year for them, for it to turn around and they're the, they're the team starting to do the damage. And like 
obviously the face that Facebook video that you've just touched on got a little bit of traction. Um, and it was just, it was pretty hilarious when you go back and watch it. Um, we had like sheets of paper out because no one knew the words to the song because it hadn't been sung in that long. And then obviously we had new players too, but the circle was made up of about four guys or probably 10 or so guys that were actually there the year before. And then the rest of the team is just in the circle. There's that many new players. And it was just like, yeah, it was pretty hilarious. But as I spoke about in episode one, I suppose the best bit about it was the crowd that came in afterwards and I thought it was really good to see because it sparked like a little bit of an interest in the Colts that probably wasn't there the year before. Yeah. Do you feel? Yeah, definitely. I, I think that's the, the thing I was talking about before. When things go right, especially in the Colts, it's a talking point for the for the club. Like the, the twos boys we were talking about because they've watched half the game and then they're talking about it with the senior blokes when they rock up. And and it's just that, yeah, that those talking points. And, and people get excited about it. And, and it, it's a... It just builds to your community, really. When you do have that underage, and your and your twos and your seniors, you've got that well, bit got more of community, hundred percent. Yeah. And I think that's the thing at the moment. You see clubs building as as women's football is picking up, and all those things. The more people around the club, like it's just the better. Like you're building that community. Um, it's extra support. It's extra people. Like you're not relying so much on certain people like Brian and Carl week in, week out to mm-hmm. wash your guernseys, make sure socks and shorts are there. Like you kind of add to that support group and you take a bit of pressure off people, I think. So yeah. Yeah, and we spoke pre recording that you kind of made a conscious decision partly for your own health and then partly to I guess let Will do his own thing in twenty seventeen to take a step back, still keep an eye on results and things like that. But you probably took that one step back just to just to let him breathe and, and to let yourself have a bit of a break? Yeah, like I think it's important that you kind of... You don't want to be around like a bad smell, I guess, and, <laughs> and kind of confusing people. Like you, um, we're talking about this as well when you've got lots of people talking in a playing group, like the coach is talking. That's the voice that you want players to hear and you don't want too much interjection. You might have maybe an assistant coach or someone else talk but you don't really want it to be like a, a group sharing because then it loses the point. So you want it to be succinct. You want it to be very clear. And, and if you've got too many people in a room having a conversation, saying different things, I guess that's when you start to like get some division and, and all th- those things. And that's never good for a team. So um, you want to give someone the opportunity. Yeah, especially kids as well. Like you want to make the you want to make everything really clear your instructions really clear and if it's coming through three different people and they're all saying different things it creates like you said division and it's like oh he's wrong but he's right or whatever or he's got no idea but listen to him instead yeah i think one of the things that happened maybe it was about halfway through the year (laughs) we'd been getting drummed a bit and, and one of the parents i just overheard them saying oh there's no point going in there because he's saying the same thing every week and and they thought that that was a negative thing. And in my head, it's like, I've got consistency in my message. Yeah. That I'm saying the same thing. And this is the thing that I'm drumming in because we really need to work on it. Um, so Probably making the same mistakes as well. So why yeah. would you not say the same thing? And, and be consistent. And I yeah. think that's... Underage footy is a bit different, I guess, to senior footy because you're not really seeing the same players all the time out and about. Whereas you kind of like have have your certain senior players you're like oh they're full forward he's this he's really ad- athletic 
um, good above his head. We need to put this person on him because of that. You don't. It's a bit of an unknown. And, and when you play the team for the second time, like it might change mm. anyway as it does in, in footy. But yeah. um, it's not all. You don't have as much intel, I guess, as you have at another level. So you're kind of backing the things that you've done and what you want to do against another team. And sometimes your game plan, depending on the players, just isn't as sophisticated. <laughs> I got there. <laughs> so it, it just doesn't have as many layers. So we're just talking about, okay, we're going to go wide out of the back line. We want a half forwards moving up. They're going to deliver. We want a half um, backs running past, trying to deliver our wings. We're trying to move the ball, play safe footy really. Yeah. Um, not really wanting to, to go through the middle too much because our skills Still, weren't great. Yeah. So when we turn over the ball, we're not hemorrhaging. So they're the like real, I guess it's a real basic game plan, but then you, you look at other teams and you look at what they're trying to do. They're doing switches and then going through the middle and all these things. And yeah, whereas ours is very basic. You play within your, within your limitations and we probably like, oh, I would love to know who that was. That's so annoying to hear that, that <laughs> someone would say that. But, but it's interesting. Obviously like, got no idea But like, I don't know, like, for them to say that. I guess I, get, I can see where they're coming from, but in, oh. like I found that reassuring. So <laughs> it's the same, in, like in a, obviously uh, coaching is different to teaching. Yeah. It's the same thing. You want to be consistent with what you're saying because you don't want to confuse people. Yeah, that makes um, sense to me. Like, I don't know what. <laughs> <laughs> but, like, obviously, obviously, if things aren't working, you might change it. But I think the things that we wanted to work on, and we would kind of, it was things like being accountable and um, making sure that when we didn't have the ball, that we'll find a player and all those things. They're the things that we're talking about all the time and, and working on at training, as well as our ball movement. So, you kind of, if I'm harping on about those things and I'm, I'm saying it, it's because we might not be doing it or yeah. Um, yeah. we only did it for a quarter and then we fell away. It's, it's just it's one of those things, I guess. You can't please everyone, can you? No, no. So grand final day hits in back end of 2017. Yeah. Uh, do you, I'm guessing, no doubt, you're there. Yeah. Um, do Ru- you... Russell and Becky asked me to come up, have right. a look. Yeah. Okay, so probably A, what's your feeling when you get to the ground and then B, obviously you've seen that the team has had a, f- a fairly good year, haven't lost a game. Are you, I'm guessing you're super, I don't know what the right word is, happy, excited for those guys that had stuck around in the team when you coached the previous year to, at this point, you weren't sure if they were going to win or lose, but just to be able to get to grand final day and then obviously post game have that medal around their neck. I'm guessing you're just ecstatic for those guys and will. Yeah, definitely. Um, it's one of those things, you don't forget winning a premiership. Um, I'm lucky to have a twos one from Devonport, and you do, you remember it, and you can remember what happened during the game and, and the people that you played with. And How'd you go? Did you get a few kicks? Uh, I kicked five behinds, actually. Fancy, <laughs> fancy, fancy enough, I was playing half forward uh, when I was a little bit younger. Maybe so, while you were a backman up at Hobart. Well, yeah, uh, maybe. <laughs> Word that, got around. Yeah, but I guess different in terms of, the, the position you're playing, but um, yeah. sorry, I've, I've lost your train of thought. No, there. You, you have, and not <laughs> wanting to talk about 
my footy exploits at all. So, so grand final day, obviously you're super excited and happy for those kids that you'd coached the previous year. Yeah, definitely. And it feels a bit weird, like, and, and something said before, like, you kind of want to give someone their own space and kind of, I guess, Becky and, 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 and uh, Russ had asked me to go up there just because of how, what had happened the year before and getting from not having a team to having a team and then winning, a pre- like, into a grand final. So, um, Kind of that's us come along and say like you've contributed to this, but it feels a bit weird because even even though that and there might have whatever how many players there were that were there from when I had them the year before, it still Pez's like work. That's his what he's put together. So you kind of feel a bit weird um, in terms of being there because again you don't want to detract or whatever. Like it it's got nothing really to do with with me. I feel like it's all Pez. As in, my, it, in my, that's probably you being fairly, I guess, taking a step back. But as an outsider, I feel like if you look at the whole, the picture and the journey as a whole, Will doesn't get to Grand Final Day 2017. A, if the club doesn't ask him to come on, and then B, if you don't accept him to come on, and he learns how to coach a team that isn't great, sitting next to you for 12, 10, 12 games, and there's probably something more that Will can touch on now. I feel like that just doesn't grand final day just doesn't come around like with your click of your fingers. It's a it's a long journey to get to that day, and that's probably you being modest and and again not wanting to shine a lot on yourself. But it's a whole it's a whole process. I feel like yeah, definitely. Um, <laughs> I didn't realize it was going to come to me then. I thought it was rockets. Yeah, it's a long journey, and like like you said, if the team's not there, like to be coached anyway, then. I don't put my hand up and then 2017 doesn't happen. But like if the guys don't come on again, like the guys that stuck around, it's on them as well. Like they decided to stay around. They could have easily jumped ship and gone to another club as well. So it was a it was a massive effort by a lot of people. And if everyone doesn't buy into what's happening around them, things just don't happen. Definitely. Yeah. <laughs> that, that's the response. Is <laughs> it? Thinking time, definitely. Um, yeah, like so. I I guess sitting there, like it was good to see and watch, and, and the experience. Oh, you, you kind of feel good for the boys and the the experience. I think not having been there for those kind of eight, ten months um, from where I disappeared. Like the thing that probably stuck out in my head it was the the boys that might have been in that ten to fifteen that then didn't play who were then either helping you on the bench or running water or whatever. So, like, I guess, um, again, talking about clubs and keeping kids together, like keeping kids involved and, and in, in, in in that situation, they've walked away, they've been part of a premiership team, a premiership season. And it, and that's something that you can take away and you'll talk about as you get older. Yeah, so before we finish today, we're just almost at the end, but I want to uh, get both Pez and Dane to just take the listeners back to a conversation that you guys had uh, post-game up at the den uh, the night of the, of the flag win. It was something that we talked about uh, pre-recording and I feel like as an outsider listening to you guys reminiscing about it, I feel like it was a pretty important part of the day, probably for Will and for yourself, just to kind of reflect on that two-year period as a whole. Yeah, we're up in the rooms post-game having a couple of beers and um, I sort of, before I'd had too many to even remember what sort of a year we've just had um I decided to 
sort of go off on my own and have a little bit of a seat in the rooms um, and just have a bit of a think, <laughs> pumping it up like it's a like it's an AFL flag. But they're all good. They're all good. And who knows? Like we may, like all the boys there may never play in another one. Some of them aren't even playing footy, so they won't. Um, so I thought I'd just take it in and like obviously someone wins the flag every year, but to do what we'd done and from the year that we've had the year before to, you know, become undefeated premiers is like, it almost sounds like a lie if you tell someone, you know, didn't win a game last year, we went undefeated premiers this year. Like, um, so I sort of just wanted to, you know, let it soak in a little bit and then sort of caught eyes with the great man, Rocket, um, across <laughs> across the room, bit of a How I Met Your Mother site type set up um <laughs> where we sort of locked eyes and he came over and we had a bit of a cuddle and a bit of a chat about it um i don't know dane if you want to sort of I, I indulge the listeners i definitely we're talking about this before the podcast yeah. i'm not really anymore much of in i don't really engage in the alcoholic activities um but i guess coming up my main reason for coming up was having that opportunity just to congratulate you and uh yeah saying well done i guess before then disappearing and letting people um enjoy themselves and and celebrate um so for me like that was an important part like coming up and seeing the game and seeing the success and then congratulating you in in, in all your hard work i guess Uh, especially seeing that you supported me in, in the year before when things weren't as um as successful so yeah it was definitely a nice little moment there for sure. Now, Rock, just as someone that obviously wasn't a part of the journey for the whole two years, can you, I guess, just sum up in your mind just how big a, a feat it was for a team to go 0-18 and 18 one year, not win a game, and then go the next year undefeated and win a flag? Like, it doesn't happen a lot, does it? No, I, I, don't, think if, I don't think I can think of anything like that. But um, it's definitely a lot of work. Like, a lot of work from... From pairs, I think from from taking it from where we ended 2016 to then the end of 2017, and a lot of people obviously around the club as well that would have contributed to that, um, and all those supporting factors that would have helped pairs out. Um, I think the old man came on board, didn't he, later in the year? Yeah, it's pretty funny. I always stir him up. So early days, I wanted him to come on as an assistant coach, and if people would ask him, he'd say, "Oh no, I'm not his assistant coach. I'm just working out." Oh, just working out. Just helping him out, sorry. All of a sudden, we're 10-0, and, and he's like, yeah, I'm Will's assistant coach. <laughs> and I'm like, here we go. But no, it was good to... Um, he's actually my assistant. I'll yeah. take <laughs> chuck us the Chuck us the board, Will. <laughs> um, but no, obviously, it was good to have him with me. Uh, he's obviously played a little bit of footy, so it was good for the kids to have someone like that around, I guess. Um, and like he sort of started to get involved in training and stuff as well towards the back end of the year and that which was which was really good um but yeah like we like we said it's was a pretty amazing sort of a feat um yeah for what's been able to happen just I don't think it'll ever happen again and even like and I know it's a it's a team sport so we haven't really touched on like individual accolades but in terms of like individual efforts we win undefeated like undefeated premiers We've got leading goal kicker. We've got the league best and fairest winner. We've got best on ground grand final. We've got volunteer of the year. Like, it was a pretty massive year. 
coach of the year. Yeah. Um, <laughs> oh, I don't know. That was <laughs> that was pretty embarrassing. Obviously, it was good to win it, but I didn't <laughs> would have thought the senior premiership coach. But anyway. I'll take it. Just thought I'd pump your tyres up there, yeah. mate, because I could tell you were going to leave it out that you, yeah. you yourself like coaching there. So I, I thought I'd add it in, but we will touch on that a bit later on in the series. Uh, so I think that's a, a great place to leave today's episode. Uh, so, Dane, again, mate, we just want to thank you for coming on the podcast today. We appreciate you giving up your time to come on and, and reflect on on a period of time where probably wasn't a great a great time for you in terms of scoreboard results, but as you spoke about today, I feel like you really enjoyed the the year that you had at the helm, uh, the two years, sorry, with the 16s and the 18s. And, and I'm sure that, A, you got a lot out of it within yourself, uh, and then, B, the kids obviously got a lot out of it from you. So I might get Will to do the honours. We've uh, got Dane a little uh, thank you gift, a six-pack of six pack of pure blonde ultra-low-carb uh, beers, just to say thanks for coming on. Thank, thanks, mate. Not, Appreciate it. Not sure how well they go down, considering you did mention before that, uh, that your alcoholic days are well behind you, but we do hope... Uh, <laughs> it makes it sound like I am an alcoholic, but more that I just don't drink very often. <laughs> we do hope they get drunk at some point anyway, mate. So, uh, yeah, we do thank you for coming on, on today. Uh, thanks for having me. It's, uh, yeah, as I said, honoured to be on, and um, I guess hopefully it can just... Add a bit of light to the story that you're trying to tell, and yeah, hope everyone hope everyone enjoys listening to it. So. I'm sure you were you were great great uh, content, mate. I'm sure everyone will enjoy listening to you in their ears uh, when they tune in the podcast on for episode two. So, uh, Will, I want to thank you again, mate, for joining me today. Yeah, thanks, Ryan. Another one down, and yeah, it was good. Awesome. So, uh, yeah, we hope to uh, see you guys with us for our next episode, and please like, subscribe, and share Tiger Triumph. Thank you.